0: Love, talk, radio. Hello out there in uh, radio land or blog land. Gee, that'd make a great science fiction story, blog land. Um, today I wanted to talk about my knee operation, not because I want to talk about my knee operation in any medical terms, but talk about what I've learned from this whole experience and what I still continue to learn about... Um, what happens when your knee goes bad, and um, the effect it has on your life psychologically. And I don't know if anybody will get anything out of this. I think so. Um, it's certainly something I've uh, made me think an awful lot about, and I wouldn't have thought about it, at least in a feeling way, um, unless this had happened to me. And it's literally, you know, what happens to you in life teaches you something, um, or it drives you under. And I want to talk about that too. Uh, What is life? How's that for a question? And we say, I have a life, or I don't have a life. Uh, When I worked with people for 40 years, I listened to people all the time who said, I don't have a life. And they would tell me about their depression. And it seemed to me that psychologically a depression or it seems to me now more than ever before. A depression is a state of mind in which there is no life, or so little life uh, that living uh, becomes uh, nonsensical or unbearable. And so when I look at life now, I realize it's made up of activities, relationships. It's doing things alone and with other people. We tend to talk about life as an abstraction, but I don't think life is an abstraction. I think it's very concrete. It's made up a large measure of habits that we have, what we do when we get up in the morning, we brush our teeth, have our breakfast. A lot of it we don't think about. And I want to talk about not thinking about how we live our lives, because it seems to me an awful lot of people, and any of us are, can, be, can be caught up in this, stop thinking about the life we read. We go on day after day, week after week taking things for granted, and as if we're asleep. And sort of, I had a discussion with my brother about this. He's, my brother is a practicing Buddhist, and uh, uh, when I was up north at my uh, grandson's bar mitzvah, I had some time, which is unusual, to really spend with my brother. And we were discussing how the country seems to be asleep, uh, that, that people have almost gone to sleep. It's really quite amazing. And they're alive, but existing, not really alive. They're not fully aware of the moment that they're in, and they're not really participating in the activities of their lives. It's almost as if they're going through it in routine. Now, I have to tell you, that changed for me when I retired. It changed even more when I started getting Medicare. Uh, There's something about your 65th birthday in Medicare that's like going over a cliff. You realize you're in the end stage of your life. You hope it's going to be a long end stage, you hope it's going to be filled with real life. Uh, one of the great struggles that uh, anybody has is retirement because for most of us, the bulk of our living is done through our work. And I was a rather lucky person because for much of the time, I enjoyed my work. Uh, there were times I couldn't stand teaching. There were times I would be with patients that uh, made me want to scream and pull out my hair and be anywhere but with them. But most of the time, Uh, It was a good life for me. Uh, I've been lucky. I have my marriage has been good. My kids have been healthy. Uh, And there's been enough extracurricular activities outside of work to make me feel in the two ways that makes, to me, seem life good. And one is that you enjoy what you're doing. There's pleasure in it. And the second thing is that there is um, a feeling of purpose. Uh, what religion gives people. You know, there's a reason I'm doing this, a reason I have to put up with the bullshit and the stuff that I don't enjoy. And when I retired and I came here to Florida, I discovered that uh, a life after work, for me anyway, was not only possible but really quite joyful. And one of the things that made the activities that made my life really pleasurable down here was all the exercise I was able to do. Uh, I'm not a particularly great athlete. I've never been a particularly great athlete. But uh, since my early 30s and I got caught up in the tennis craze, I used to run and discovered that my body wouldn't tolerate running. I developed a runner's knee and was told by a a very uh, well-known orthopedist after months of waiting for an appointment with him, uh, don't buy any more orthotics and don't buy any more snake oil medicine. Uh, You are one of the adults whose body is not balanced enough to do any long-distance running. And I remember, I was about 32 or 33 when this happened, becoming very depressed. I never thought about it like now, but I realized that that depression was because a piece of my life that was not only fun, but I valued. I saw purpose to it. Uh, It was going to keep me healthy. I would live longer. Uh, It made me, in my own eyes do something that most people couldn't do. To be able to run five, six miles uh, in a half an hour uh, was, to me, uh, something terrific, was really good. And to be able to not do that uh, put me into a depression because, in effect, I had lost a small piece of my life. Well, I was working, and I discovered that I liked long-distance walking, and I took up a bicycle. I started riding a bike, and I found that the exercise value of the bike, uh, very healthy on the knees, um, there was no problem in terms of the symmetry of my body. And so I replaced one activity with a second activity, one I didn't quite enjoy as much as the first, uh, but which had another, enough value and enough purpose for me to continue doing it until this day. Now I come to Florida and I find out that I really can exercise a lot. The weather down here is really wonderful. Um, if you can exercise in the summer when it's hot, if you get up early enough. And uh, in the winter, it's a joy. Uh, the winter down here between November and uh, April is like a beautiful day in June. Beautiful days in June, more humidity, less humidity, but like June weather, uh, late May, June weather up where I come from in New York, fantastic. And so I became very active. I lost a lot of weight, um, I began uh, really getting in shape. In fact, I'm probably now in better physical shape than I was when I was 30 years old, and all, especially all the years I went to my doctorate and through my 20s, where I did nothing but sit on my ass and eat and study. Uh, there really wasn't, uh, uh, while I loved that and I saw a great purpose for it, it filled up my life, uh, you know, along with my wife and my growing family. Uh, life was good, uh, but I was gaining weight. Uh, I was becoming uh, really out of shape, and while I remained healthy, well, actually, uh, most people aren't healthy. They're at, they're not sick, but I think there's really a difference between being really healthy. Um, friends of mine went to a ball game, and they were watching Derek Jeter run after a ball. I, I tell you this because most of them are playing softball. It's not a sport for me, but they play softball, and every time they run from second to third, they pull or tear another uh, muscle. Uh, and their hamstring or their quads or their calf. Uh, At our age, that's a very tough thing to do because while we're not sick, we're really not healthy that way. And they were watching Derek Jeter run out into the field and catch a ball backwards and spin and throw it to first, and all of them were just uh, agog because you see it close up. That's health, physical health anyway. Um, So I came down here, and all of this stuff was just fabulous for me. And slowly over the last this winter, I began to have a pain in the outside of my right knee, and I ignored it. I iced it. I took some uh, some pills for it, and it just got worse and worse and worse, until I went to a doctor who told me go uh, after an MRI that I had a tear in the meniscus of my knee, and that there was arthritis in that. Now I was not particularly symptomatic for the arthritis. Uh, most of the time, people my age, in 60s, late 60s, have arthritis, but only becomes an issue if it goes into the areas of the knee where there are weight-bearing and causes pain when you walk or cycle. Well, the torn meniscus, which, again, nothing seemed to do with it. It was just um, um, wear and tear. It's becoming 67 years old, and, and your body is not the body that you had when you were uh, 25 years old, or 27, or 37, or 47. And here I am, really enjoying my life, these particular activities, and particularly tennis. Fell in love with it all over again. Can't became a good tennis player. And slowly but surely, over the winter, my knee deteriorated to the point where I couldn't walk, I couldn't ride a bicycle, and I couldn't uh, 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 play tennis. And I got to tell you, I got really depressed about this. Depression it seems to me, is losing significant people or aspects of your life. It's loss and your reaction of loss without hope of getting it back. And fortunately, I found a doctor uh, down here, a young guy who is an athlete himself or athletic himself, and who said to me, I can restore your hope. We can do some knee surgery, and I think I could fix you up where you can have some more very good years as an athlete. And I stopped being depressed because, again, I think that depression is losing and not having hope. I think it's losing a loved one and not having hope of being able to find love. I think it's losing your self esteem and not finding a way to get it back. I think it's losing the job you love and not being able to replace it with something equally pleasurable and purposeful. I think those are the two criteria pleasurable. And purposeful. There's meaning, real meaning. Uh, I see so many people work at these shitty jobs just for the money. And their hope is someday they can walk away from this crap, but they're not really preparing for anything else. Well, anyway, by the time I had my surgery last uh, Thursday, this past Thursday, uh, I was crippled. And the only thing keeping me going was the hope that the surgery would be successful. And the doctor did the surgery, and what's interesting is that now I am partly hopeful and very anxious, because anxiety, as I've said many times on this show, is the emotion that tells you there's something you have to know, but you can't know it yet, you can't find out yet, it's hidden from you. In this case, I've been told that the operation was a success, but there was a lot of damage in my knee to the cartilage, Uh, most of the meniscus is there, which is good, and a lot of arthritic problems. And in about four weeks, I should be strong and healthy enough to pick up a racket and go out and start hitting the ball on a limited basis, which puts me a thrill and, and great pleasure in my life that I can be able to do this. But I don't know what will happen. The, 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 the uh, physical therapist told me, if I'm in real pain, I'm going to have to lose certain real important elements in my life. And at that point, I, like anybody else, is going to have to come up with an alternative plan, enough so that it alternates with, with a hope, that it alternates with a feeling of purpose, and that what I replace that or those physical activities with, or whatever physical activities I lose and what I keep, uh, will sustain me. Because that's what life is. Okay? It's not an abstraction. It's what you do that's purposeful and pleasurable, um, I watch people now, because I live with older people in in Florida, and I watch people slowly but surely uh, lose one piece of their life after another and become more and more depressed. Somebody once asked me, do you ever think about the past? And I looked at him surprised, because most of the people I know down here don't talk about the past very much. Occasionally what happened to us when we were in school uh, what, what happened when we got married, when, we, when did we meet our wives, uh, how old are the kids, and do we remember their being born. We go back with a certain fondness, with a certain nostalgia. We don't live in the past. And I really do believe that older people, or any people, especially people who get sick, who live in the past, who spend their time thinking about the past, do it, because that's the activity that gives them pleasure and gives them purpose. It's going back. Uh, unfortunately, for many people who go back, there's recrimination, there's guilt, uh, there's not enough of pleasure in their lives to give them a sense of sustaining their life. And there seems to me there's something very sad and tragic about somebody whose life contains not enough pleasure and not enough purpose, not enough meaning to keep them in the present and looking forward to the future. You want to ask me what I think the so-called idea of mental health is? I've said this many times, but not quite this way with the kind of feeling insight I have about it now. Life is really, really good when it's made up of activities that are purposeful and pleasurable, that give it meaning. And I don't care what that is. Cooking, playing golf, playing cards, working, uh, I think sex is incredibly important. And as more and more of us get older, sex kind of doesn't disappear, but in many ways it certainly recedes uh, uh, from what it was when we were younger, uh, and particularly that delicious time when you first live with somebody. Uh, In my case, it was in marriage, but it doesn't really matter, I guess. Um, Although I could someday do a show on that. Uh, I'm for allowing people to live with anybody they want on any circumstances. All of my children lived with their prospective spouses beforehand. I don't think it's so bad trying it out. On the other hand, making a commitment changes the kind of uh, feeling purpose there is in the relationship. And if I were to do it all over again, I think I would do it the way I did it. Uh, But that delicious time before kids uh, begin pecking your life away as, as wonderful as, and, and meaningful and occasionally pleasurable to have children um, when you're free in your own house with somebody you love, care about and who uh, turns you on to be able to jump on each other's bones as often as you wish uh, a really good time of life I've got to tell you I, from anybody it doesn't last it can't last um, and I don't think it sustains a relationship I think sex can help you make up, and I think sex is an important activity uh, in a loving, caring relationship and a pleasure that it brings in and of its own self. But I've never seen a relationship that would sustain itself just on sex. I think uh, that there has to be shared activities that are fun, purposeful, and meaningful. Uh, For my wife and I raising children and now being part of our grandchild's children's life, uh, incredibly important. Um, And the fact that we live 1,200 miles away from them certainly doesn't make it easier. I I hope that what I'm talking about in personal terms is being translated by those of you who will hear this into your own terms. Uh, If you're sitting and feeling your life has gone down the tubes, uh, then you're depressed. And if you're spending time uh, trying to amuse yourself with drugs or alcohol Uh, or with sex that isn't meaningful, Um, it's time to do some evaluation. It's time to say, why am I squandering this? Uh, Is it because my knees are literally bad? I have an arthritis condition that won't allow me to engage in those activities? And I don't mean arthritis. I mean an arthritis of the mind, something that really does block you. Or is it fear? Fear. I have to tell you, I'm afraid to get on the court in four weeks. I really am. I'm afraid of putting that risk. Uh, uh, Maybe I'll just bike ride. Maybe I'll walk because I'm told, almost guaranteed, that those activities will be less painful and my knees will last a lot longer. On the other hand, uh, if you can't risk tennis, if you can't risk love, if you can't risk relationship, if you can't risk going to school and getting the job, I think that is meaningful for you. I think that you're going to be depressed. And then you'll say, I don't know why I'm depressed. And I think now maybe if you think about it, you don't know why you're depressed. Uh, Depression has been called the common cold of our society. And I think it is because so many people, as a result of divorce in the family or, or breakups or, or things that they've seen in their parents' relationship, are terrified of taking a chance And developing the skills that make a really meaningful, sustaining relationship that makes life life. See? It's not that there's life and your relationships. Those relationships are life. And if those relationships are fun, if those relationships are meaningful, if they feel purposeful, then you have a good life to that aspect. I think work is incredibly important. Um... And I always did. I wasn't thinking exactly in these terms, but I think i said this before. I pushed all my students and all the people I worked with when I called myself a therapist to go to school and don't do – I'll tell you an interesting story. Uh, I had a young man who, uh, in my class, I was teaching a section on Piaget, the famous developmental psychologist. And I loved that, by the way. I loved ideas, see? Uh, And and that's something, as long as my mind is okay, I can do this show, I can read what I want to read, uh, that will be a piece of my life that I hope will sustain me. I just got new eyeglasses, and now I can read more clearly again. Isn't it wonderful what science can do and what medicine can do when it works right to be able to help produce that piece of your life uh, that makes it rich, meaningful, and fun? But anyway... Um, I love teaching Piaget. I love these ideas. And one young man looked at me and he said to me, Dr. Simon, he said, this goes in one ear and out the other. It's such shit to me. Now, when I was a student, I never would have dared say that to my professors. But now I've changed my mind. I'm glad he said it to me. So I said, what do you love to do? And I held my breath. Because if the only thing he loved to do was hang out, as so many of my students would put it, get shit-faced, occasionally get laid, uh, I, I, you know, I'm sorry. You can do it, and that's your life. But I, nothing will convince me that's a long-term, sustainable life, uh, a, a rich one, a good one. Okay. And he said to me, "I love to cook." And I said to him, "Go become a chef. Get the hell out of here at Kingsborough, uh, where I was teaching, and go to to a good cooking school. Go wait two years. There's a culinary institute." Up on the Hudson River, it's a two-year program. It'll teach you all about cooking and bartending and running a restaurant. It's a two-year program. And he looked at me, and he said, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I said, why not? He said, my father would die if I drop out of school. It's his dream that I go to college and get an academic degree. And I said, well, it's his dream. What's your dream? And if your father's going to die because of the stress of your leaving school, there are two things you have to be able to understand. One is that he's going to die running for a bus because he's really not very physically healthy or fit. The second thing is he's living his life through you because he doesn't like his life. And yes, you can make a conscious decision to give up your life for him, but make that the decision because if you give up your life for him, it'll be meaningful. I don't think it'll ever be any pleasure in it, but it'll be meaningful and you can sustain yourself that way. But does your father love you? And he looked at me surprised and said, I think my father does love me. Then if you tell him what we talked about today, that this has got to be what your life is, that you want to try to be a chef, that's what you want to do. And he loves you. He'll grumble. He'll do it. And I guarantee you, you're going to help him live a better life. Because if he can't live his life through you, he'll either find someone else to live his life through Or maybe, maybe, because you're never too old, to go and find a life for yourself. What does he love to do? He watches television, and he drinks beer in the evening, and he smokes too much, and he's 100 pounds overweight. Ah, I said, I didn't say, by the way. I thought, he's dead. He's walking dead. He's not alive. He's existing, and he's living through his son. Well, the young man screwed up his courage, had long discussions with his father, who in the end did love him, and said, okay, I'll support you. Uh, I, he dropped out of my class, and I didn't see him again. And one day, about two years later, he walks into my class while I'm teaching. I recognized him, and we hugged. And he said to me, I can't tell you, I, have a, I love what I'm doing. I'm a chef i got a job in a restaurant. I think I have a real future. See, there's that hope. There's that glowing feeling of being alive. Okay. I don't mind cooking, but I would never be alive that way. But that's okay, you see. For me, it was reading and writing, and now it's tennis and walking and bike riding. And, and I'm learning to play bridge all over again. And I think I'm going to do better at it than I did years ago, because I'm not competitive in the same way as I used to be. And this young man, I said, see, I earned my salary here because I helped him. I really do believe I helped him do that. And off he went into the world. I never saw him again. I don't know what happened to him. I mean, it could have been anything good or anything bad. But he pursued that dream. He made it real. And he now had a life, a life he didn't have sitting in my class, no matter how great I thought my class happened to be. So I'll let you know, gang, what's going to go happen when I get on the tennis court four weeks from now or five weeks from now. Um, They tell me I'm healing very fast. I already feel much, much better than before the surgery. I couldn't cross my leg for the last three months. I couldn't put my right ankle on my left thigh uh, like I like to do when I'm reading a book or even watching television or something. Uh, and I could do that now with great comfort, uh, so I have hope. Anyway, that's the story about my knee, my life, my surgery, and what I've learned from it. And uh, if I can't play tennis, I guess I'll adjust to it, although a piece of my life, and it'll sooner or later that piece of my life will have to go anyway, because there are very few people you see on the tennis court in their 70s. You still see some. Uh, what's wonderful is every once in a while I'll be playing another team from another, uh, another uh, community. And the guy will look, I'll look at him. How old are you? 79, 80. Uh, my partner and I lost two guys. One was 80, 79. One was 83. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> they were on the court. They didn't even have braces on their knees. They were moving very nicely. Mostly they weren't moving so well, but they were very smart in how they placed the ball. Everything was just carefully thought out, and 50, 60 years of experience was backing up their game. So they, 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 took, us, they took us to pieces. They took the kids to pieces. Anyway, uh, that's where it's at. Anybody wants to call in, uh, anyone wants to type in, and uh, you want to tell me a story? I hope this has been meaningful to you, whoever is listening, and whoever will listen. Um, your life is made up of activity. The simple ones like brushing your teeth and eating supper. Uh, by the way, when you eat your supper, make sure there's something in your supper that's not just medicine. Everyone I talk to, they, they eat not food, but they eat medicine. Uh, how many calories? Is it lower my cholesterol? Uh, there's so much bullshit about cholesterol. I mean, such crap, such lies that have been around so that you'll be terrified to have a piece of cheese or a nice steak or a hamburger. Uh, put the stuff in your food uh, that you love, that you enjoy. And enjoy is food. Uh, there was a study recently where they asked French and Americans about food. The French tell you how it tastes, good or bad. Americans tell you how many calories and whether it's good for you or bad for you. Uh, it's disgusting, I think it's awful and I don't think it's going to help anybody to eat their meal like medicine because food is again at least for me anyway and most of the people I know who enjoy life a real source of the pleasure of living it's purposeful you know it keeps you alive and if it's fun, if it's enjoyable so enjoy your food for God's sakes uh, enjoy your exercise do again, don't, don't, you don't want to get too much weight on you but uh you know for a variety of reasons but uh most of us if we exercise and find good things to do that we enjoy that make up that piece of our life uh then we can enjoy our food uh i love a couple of glasses of wine in the evening oh you can the, the teetotallers around oh, oh no, no, no you drink uh makes me feel good I don't get drunk, I don't become abusive, but I enjoy the wine, I enjoy the aftermath of the wine. Uh, it's pleasure, and it's, it's meaningful to me. So, now you know all about my life. Uh, um, I hope you're enjoying your life. I hope that uh, there's purpose, I hope that there's great fun. Uh, I hope that there's not too much tragedy in your life. I hope there's not too many people who bring you bullshit. Uh, so that you have to restructure your life. Uh, if you haven't been loved up to now, let me tell you, there are 6 billion people in the world and it's growing. Someone wants to love you. Someone wants to love you. If you love them back, uh, there is relationship. And I really, just truly feel this way. You know, maybe the world is going to blow up in the next day. I mean, the assholes who are now running this world, the assholes who are running this country are beyond my imagination. Uh, and it's scared what could happen to all of us when you lose jobs, when you have a recession. Uh, but, but again, it's, it's never just out there. It's also in here. It's what we do. It's the purpose we find. It's what we do to replace those important, meaningful, fun activities with other things and other people that sustain life. Hey, I enjoyed this. Uh, let me hear from you. Give this show a nice rating. I never asked that, but give it a rating. Uh, maybe it'll bring more people on. I would love, would love that. And I hope that next week I can give you another show, and I'll give you an update uh, on the story of my right knee. Good night. Take care. Goodbye. Blog Talk Radio.